is doing great. This is Karina herself today, solo, because we are closing in on season one of Story of Design. And with this, I would like to personally thank all of you who have participated, who've helped put this all together, and have shown tremendous support toward our journey. We wouldn't have come this far if it's not because of all of you, so thank you so, so much. So, to wrap up the season, I thought I'd sum up everything we've learned through the sharing of so many amazing people who have been very kind and open. And honestly, you know, we started the show with the hypothesis that design is a language that almost everyone speaks and it is one thing that can tie so many different people and so many different fields together and it turns out to be true. This show is such a great example for that because we've not only had architects and design studios here, but we've also had businesses, material producers, product designers, and many others. And we can all seem to converse, converge, and find commonality in design and in how it can project out many great things beyond it. That said, after looking back at all the episodes and all the conversations we've had, I thought to myself, what would be the best way to conclude everything? I took some time reflecting and finally I came down to creating this guide or a set of rules for what makes for a good designer who is able to project out meaningful impact through their designs because who wouldn't want their design to make a mark in this world, right? So this is it. This is the Responsible Designer's Manual. Prior to this, you know, I thought it would be so hard to compose such thing as best practice in design because there are so many variables that we cannot control such as the scope of the work, the environment of the work, and the goals of each project that are seemingly always different each time. But after spending some time on it, I came to realize that despite all the differences, we always get to choose what and how we want to contribute as a designer. And that is always true that we as a person always have the power to choose how we want to present ourselves and how we want to contribute as a person, as a designer, or as whatever we may be. And I suppose we don't think about it as much as we should, but from time to time, I'm learning that it is becoming more and more imperative to focus on the thinking behind designs and to be more responsible for it. And it is because of this that I've worked so hard to dig and try to extract one trait that every good designer has. Because if I were to start this career, I would ask myself, what is the secret to making it? What is the key to being a good designer? Let me tell you that secret to becoming a good designer. And by good, I mean one who is responsible and who is spreading positive impact to the world. So that secret is care. 
And yes, admittedly, we all have some level of care and attention to anything that we do from waking up to falling asleep again at night. So the question goes, how much care, right? How much attention should we be putting in? Well, again, since it's relative, it'll be hard to put a certain value to it that everyone agrees to. So what I've done is I've prepared a list of five rules or pointers under this manual that should give you a sense of how much care we should be putting into our work. So let's get straight into it. Number one, treat your creation as living, breathing being. Whether it's a product, a building, a master plan, or anything really, it is not just objects we are creating. In fact, the second we construct that thing, we inject life into it. I remember Rafiq Azam, the principal architect of Chateau d'Eau, conveyed this so beautifully in that he sees buildings as an envelope for nature, you know, the sun, the wind, and the rain, to breathe in and out of it. He says that nature comprises things we cannot control, but what we can control is the creation of the architecture, such as giving apertures or the right materials to absorb, reflect, and refract all the natural elements so that in the end of the day, they can be an entity with a character on its own. So why we say to treat it as a living being is so that we don't walk away from it the second we hand it over, but instead we keep responsibility for it for a long time and we stay bounded to it. You know, some people even identify themselves with the building they create in their lifetime. So that's why we want to make sure that it is always performing at its best and we do everything in our power so that our child be the best version of itself. Because like it or not, and I think this is also very important to address, that it will undergo change at some point. Change is inevitable in all aspects in our lives. So as a result, our building might take on a different course than what we had intended. So what do we do when it happens? We embrace it. We observe. We listen and we feel the forces calling the change and we let it adapt and change for the better. For it is a way to keep our creation alive for a long time and live its life to the fullest. Second, involve people. We do not live alone on this planet and we cannot be making significant contributions solely on our own. At the very least, there must be people at the receiving end for something to ever work, right? And a large part of it goes back to our nature as human beings. We are social creatures, so we are always finding ourselves going back to people, whether it's in our intention or interaction. So as much as we can, involve as many people as possible in the making process because the success of our project is not determined by us alone, but it is by these people. And it is also from involving other people that we can learn from their perspectives, get their feedback, and who knows, maybe we can also positively impact their lives in some ways. We can see the example of Design Aware, who treats design as a movement rather than a traditional practice, 
And at the very core of it is understanding that it is not a case where one person succeeds alone, but it is everyone succeeding together as a group. Also, if we remember Rizvi Hasan, who we've had on the show before, a Bangladeshi architect who built the Hindu Para Rohingya refugee camp, he built together with the community. So he involved them from choosing the materials, the building techniques, and also constructing using methods they can carry forth themselves in the future. Because what's the point of teaching them something now that they cannot sustain later? Then he also expressed that the construction process in such rural contexts is considered as an event where people get very excited about it and they contribute wholeheartedly. And in the end of the day, they take ownership of the end product. So in a sense, it is a scheme that really improves the quality of life there as the people transfer new skills, new knowledge to their own communities producing this positive knock-on effect that in a way really empowers them, boosts their confidence, and make them a better person. Of course, this does not only work in a rural setup, but it also works in urban setting or other contexts as well. But basically, the more people can connect to your work, the more successful it is, right? For example, we can say that a place that everyone wants to go to is a successful one or a product that everyone wants to have is also successful. So what I'm trying to say is that involving people in the making process is just one way of connecting. And it is a great one because then they will feel a sense of ownership to the product. But of course, if there are other more effective ways of connecting with people, it'll work out just as fine. Third, Set out a bigger purpose and contribution. At this point, I think we pretty much get that every product we let up in this world will have its own effects, footprints, and consequence. So if we've already given it so much effort and attention, why not we instill a good intention from the start? And then you may think, how can a simple product have an impactful influence in the world? Well, remember that it's not just objects we are creating, but we create lives that have so much potential to be more than what they seem. For example, you know, in the early days, Tom's The Shoe Company shows how producing shoes can impact so many lives in developing countries. And then earlier in the season, we had Super B from Thailand, who is a social enterprise that really empowers women through the making of beeswax wraps. So they show that impact can stem from the product itself or the business model or both. Like in the case of Cockin Studio, a social architectural firm that works on various design and construction projects worldwide, that from the business model, Cockin aims to democratize design. So people who wouldn't normally have access to quality space will be positively impacted by the initiative. And then from the products they make, which are nicely built schools, playgrounds, and community centers, the community will now benefit physically and psychologically as now they have better built spaces, better knowledge on building and constructing, and also better confidence as well in growing together as a group. So I think design really opens up a gazillion ways to contribute positively. 
you know, be it psychologically, physically, emotionally, or economically, given that it is such a creative medium. So we just have to be creative and genuine about it. Four, build for the future. And what I mean by this is always asking ourselves at the start of every project, things like, how long will it last? What will become of it once it matures up? Or what will become of it after its life has ended? When we build with the future in mind, our decisions will be much more considerate, much more clear, and much more mindful because then we will be able to be decisive on things like, is there a need to use long-lasting materials for, say, an exhibition that only lasts three months? Or can we use recyclable and biodegradable materials for it instead? Alternatively, if it is something that you know will last for a long time, how can we design it in a way that is flexible enough to facilitate change in the future? Every designer always dreams of having better plans, better way of designing, and better outcomes. So thinking forward is a very useful tool to get us there eventually. Number five, think many times before doing. Last but not least, in fact, it might be the most important step in all this, is to ask yourself before committing to making anything. Do I need to do anything new? Will my contribution improve the current way of doing things? And do I need to do it now? And if all the answers to those questions is yes, or possibly is also good enough, then ask yourself this, am I willing to care for it the rest of my life? It is so nice to see so many designers and creatives thrive these days. In this era where everyone is so free to share on the internet and on social media, we see so many innovation and things being invented, created, and produced every day. And in a way, it is great because we are learning and growing faster than ever, and we are challenged to be more creative. So productivity level is at its peak, but there is also a drawback with so high of an output level, and that is our environment suffers the most from the added carbon footprint and the waste. Because think about it, whenever we do something not right, and it happens quite a lot, you know, like making printing mistakes or rushing into decision of, say, producing a huge number of coffee cups for a brand we don't even intend on holding for a long time or doing seriously even. We are wasting so many plastic, paper, and energy. And such unmindful effort is so physically taxing on the earth. So the goal of this manual is to lessen that by streamlining a framework for designing so that we put a lot of thoughts and care into every decision that we make. Yes, it is a lot and it is such a heavy undertaking, but on the brighter side, think about how much we can contribute as a designer. Think about the positivity we can spread into the world and think about the great impact we can generate 
Of course, only if we care enough.